Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bro, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're laughing. During my peak when I actually couldn't move around, I was better than Kepa 100%. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, HH. We, we do the podcast every Tuesday. Please follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. If you listen on SoundCloud, hit the hearts. Help us out over there. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to follow. If you're listening on an Apple device, <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Um, leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. We'll read all of them next week. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like two, three, four that have been just stacked up from and across the Are they the five stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what's really funny? I made that ruling just sort of as a half joke, as to say, you know what, we will only read five-star reviews. It's actually quite funny how we've actually completely kept because there are many pretty good four star reviews, but we just happen to read read them. So, <laughs> anyway, um, and it's only for iTunes. So if, if you don't have an iTunes device, what you can do is you can just subscribe on Twitter, or if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, we have a, a Patreon page and help support us in that way. We do some cool stuff over there. We play FIFA. We do Talking Tactics Extra. We're going to be talking about Fury Wilder, maybe some other stuff. Check us out on Patreon if you want to listen to us talk about stuff that's not football. And if you want to hear us talk about football on your Patreon, just get in contact with us. Anyway, let's get into this week's football. Where do we start? Stanford Bridge? Start there, man. Race for the, for the top four, man. A couple of things. Basically, Lampard, how don't you know your defensive setup this far into the season? That's frustrating. Now, the formation definitely was a lot better. And it was definitely far more effective. And thank God he went with Giro rather than sticking with Batshuayi and, and so forth. <laughs> That's why but, it wasn't even in the picture, I don't think. Oh, man. I don't, I don't, but which, which was, was needed. But my thing is this is that. And this is, where I, this is where I throw it to you. This is where I throw it to you. Was it that Chelsea were really good or Tottenham are just really bad? It's, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. I think Chelsea played above average of what we've seen this season. I think they had a good game. I think the tactic of the three center backs, and you have Alonso and James as your wing backs, that works. The pivot of Kovacic and Jorginho also works. And the idea that you put a target man in the middle and you have two number 10s that work off him in Barkley and Mount. I think that works. I think that's a solid strategy. Maybe maybe we don't like the pieces as much. So Barkley, uh, that could be upgraded. Giroud, that could be upgraded. But just the idea of what he's trying to do, I agree with that. So I think Chelsea did have some sort of a game plan going in. But then you have to also look at the Spurs side of things and say, no matter how well they play in the first third or the second third, once they get into the final third, Nothing. And, and and you don't have Kane and you don't have Son and you're relying on players that had to play, I think, the last game of the Premier League last week, another game in the Champions League, and then the first game on Saturday. You're going to be tired. And I know people don't like to give Mourinho credit and all that kind of stuff or just like say, ah, he's just making excuses. I think there's something to it in terms of Mourinho's argument. Um, Erhan, who I know is a Spurs supporter, says it doesn't yep, matter. Trust- these guys are elite athletes. They should be ready. You really think that you could play three games in a week in like a big Champions League match and then a, and then get yourself up to play Chelsea? Like, do you really think that? Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. Look, Daniel, if you pay me 90000 or 100000 a week, I'll play seven games a week. <laughs> if, but, if, you, if you pay me that no, cash, no, fair, I'll play seven fair, games fair, a week. Fair. Play, play seven games a week. But by the time we get to the seventh day, are you going to be as good as you were on the first? 
if you're paying me, I'll do my best. <laughs> as long as that's you just, coming you just my won't bank account, I'll do my best. You just won't be. So I feel like I can sympathize in a way with Mourinho. You're missing three key players in Suzoko, Son, two, two and Kane. Attackers. It's going to take a toll on the squad, especially because those are very key pieces. If you're missing Harry Winks or Ben Davies or, or like Wanyama or Sissoko, one of those play like I understand, like you should have enough in the squad. But when you're missing three key players like that, Sissoko, who can do a little bit of everything, Kane, who's your goal scorer, and Son, who's your dynamic player, it's going to do something to the team. And last time that I checked, shout out Nipsey, Spurs were 14th when he took over. Poch got sacked. They were 14th. They were damn near fighting relegation. They're in fifth or sixth now. Mm. And fifth is a Champions League spot until Manchester City situation gets sorted out. So they are in and around the Champions League spots. I don't quite understand the negativity surrounding Mourinho other than he's just some, he's not a likable person to some. But you know. Which I find odd. (laughs) I mean, I, I like him personally. But it is what it is. No, no, okay. But let me. So he's an easy person. But in your opinion, in your opinion, do you think that he does have a point, or he's (laughs) deflecting and making excuses? Can two things be true at the same time? No. Three plus one is four. Two plus two is four. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can do different things and get to the same answer, basically. So he is deflecting, and he's setting expectations low intentionally so he's saying you know the next three months is going to be difficult i wish we were already doing preseason and i had my players like he's laying the foundation for if any bad results happen look at what i have to deal with Mm. at the same time not that like you you know the books like the secret and how you gotta like speak things into existence and all that kind of stuff i don't know if i necessarily agree with that but i do think it probably does take a toll on the squad if you're the rest of the fit players and they're just like yo so we're just trash huh we can't do anything without those three so then they probably just kind of enter the game with already a losing mentality or not a winning mentality to put it more accurately so no, but, but what if he's he's told the <laughs> players a certain thing and he says the players you know what i am this is what i'm going to say to the press because i'm playing the press game but I'm doing this just to get the press on my back. But really, we know what it is. So the players know that he's playing the game. Because trust me, there, there is a game to be played, which mm. is a psychological game of whether taking pressure off your, your team, getting your team up of saying certain things to try and ease whatever issues that you're going with. So maybe they know that, hey, look, man, no, no, I believe in you guys. I trust you guys. But this is just what we're, we're going to have to go with here. The media is going with the narrative that he doesn't believe in the wealth and breadth of talents that Tottenham have. Because mm. why aren't you using these other players? Why aren't you using these, these attacking players? But Mourinho may have said to his boys that this is what we're going with. It's not that I don't believe in you. I just, this is, I'm the manager. I've got the mic now. This is just how we're going to play based on the situation that we have. And this is just a strategy that I am choosing. And, and I just think at the end of the day, Mourinho is a, is a certain kind of manager. Pep will never become a defensive manager. Pep will never be a manager who will be men behind the ball. Let's be pragmatic. Mourinho will never be a manager that's like, let's play free-flowing football, throw guys forward, quick triangles and passes, because he's, he's not done that for his entire career. Levy hired Mourinho. And when you hire a manager, you're hiring a, an ideology and a particular skill set. Okay, I just don't get people's hate, because I was watching ESPN FC. And then I say, okay, Mourinho, why are you like this? How they you... are all Mourinho's ass. Yeah, it's like, I was, what, what's it called? What's the um, Julien Laurent, the, the, the French guy? And it was like, how would you play like this? How could you possibly play like this? What's the point in even turning up playing like this? My thing is, we've seen Mourinho for damn near over a decade. He is what he's, he's never changed. Sometimes he'll go attacking in a particular situation. 90% of the time, he's a defensive, pragmatic kind of coach. I knew how they were going to, Against Leipzig, I wasn't shocked. I, I wasn't shocked because I was like, yeah, of course Mourinho's going to go men behind the ball and then counter. If there's no Harry Kane, there's no Son, of course he's going to do that. Even if there were Harry Kane and Son, he's still going to play in a similar style. You're not going to just get him to change Oh yeah, at the drop of a dime like or at the drop of a hat. What's the saying? Drop I of don't a know. hat. Why is it a drop of a hat? I don't know. <laughs> and pull up air hands thing. I don't know. That's such an interesting quote. Mourinho was the right, the right hire, hire at the, at the wrong, wrong time. time. What would have been the right, the right time? time? Maybe I think I think I know when Tottenham had more talents around with them. 
better talent. So maybe maybe if you brought in Mourinho during the Modric Bill era, I don't know whether Kane was around. Maybe that would have been better, perhaps. I like this though. Mourinho is what he is from Ben. I don't hate the guy, but I'm glad he's another club's problem now. I don't want the circus. What circus? The circus would be, we never talk about the game really in relation to Mourinho. He is his own story. There is a subplot in the Premier League season of what is Jose doing? What is Jose up to? You follow him, but not necessarily for the football. It's just like, what's Mourinho going to say about this? What's Mourinho going to say about that? How does he react to this? How does he react to that? And it creates this kind of turbulent thing inside of the football club, inside of the fan base, where you have different fashions of different persuasions inside the club warring with each other like he does something to people he's the term marmite manager where you either hate him or you love him like he I is love that I love him. it creates division and clashes from neutral people supporters the media what have you so it's never really about the football with Mourinho it's just about him when he's looking at Lo Celso tackle Aspilicueta and almost break his leg he's looking right at it he's like but then you ask him in the press conference, did you see the challenge? He was like, nah, I didn't see anything. He pulls, he pulls a wig. It's like, bro, we saw you. You were looking right at the You were looking right there. So, so it's just like, yo, is this guy delusional? Like, so, so, no, I did, I did not. I did not. I did not. I didn't, I didn't see it. So like, look, like we could have like a large discussion about VAR. But it's kind of more fun to say, why would Mourinho say he didn't see it when he was right there? That's more fun to talk about. That's a circus, I guess. I mean, because when I when I when I think circus, I just think a whole jamboree of things happen. What do you mean, like ele- elephants and yeah, no, okay, well, well, clowns relation, coming out of the little car and no? But in relation to football, I just think with of many things happening and just a whole mess and a whole mixture of of events. You could argue that maybe Mourinho is taking the focus away from his players, taking the spotlight away from his players who could be open to criticism and shouldering all the blame all to him. So say no, no. Put it on me. Don't focus on on Vertonghen being a brick. Don't focus on Dele Alli being up and down. No, 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 no. I'll I'll take it. And we, let's let's just shield these 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 guys from being criticized. It's like whenever you play football manager, like you can criticize a player either publicly or in private, and it's based on the personality of the player and so forth. So there are players who could be seriously affected if you really go at them in public. So do you want to talk about the VAR incident though? Because this is twice in two weeks that Chelsea have had discrepancies where Maguire kind of kicks his leg out at Batshuayi's in his groin area. Maguire said post that, you know, he just wanted to straighten his leg out because he thought Mitchie was going to fall on him. So he extended his leg and it looked bad, but no punishment. But this one, especially the La Celso challenge, I don't know how you look at that and determine no card, no punishment. And they admitted they were wrong. In the game, in the middle of the game. Yes. I think Lacelso had a chance at the end of the game yeah, yeah, to yeah, make yeah, it yeah. like 2 2. No, no. So, but, what happens if he scores? But you know what's crazy? Do you know what's what's crazy? Because obviously, I was I was flying to Nigeria when Chelsea were playing Tottenham mm. at, the, at the game in Tottenham Stadium. So, I just had that. So, I only recently that I saw the um, Son challenge and I was like, so Son was sent off for that. And Lacelso stayed on the pitch for what he. Like okay, so look, is it because he's Asian? Look, I just, I just, I just want to just, just throw that in there, but of course not. But look, Asian, they're both white. Hey, look, but no, but no, look, forget that. Maguire's and Los Celso's was much worse. Maguire's and Los Celso's that was ridiculous. Like even as I saw, I was like, I think who who was it? It was Glenn Hoddle or someone who said that he was trying to put his foot on the ball, but he got the leg. Yeah, like the, his <laughs> action was like the leg is there and stamp. If you want to try and put your foot on the ball, you don't use that kind of motion for trying to. Trying to bur- the- are you trying to burst it like a balloon? Yeah, like- I don't know how you view that, and you're like, no, that's not a violence play, and you're watching it. Slow motion is always worse, but slow motion, fast motion, it it's bad. bad. And the idea that like the referee can't go to the monitor and decide for himself. Do you know what's so bad? Michael Oliver was literally about six yards because he was right next to the because the uh, monitor is. Um, right just near the throwing line place. He would, it would literally take you like about three seconds to walk to the monitor. It's dumb. No, it's okay, basically, dumb. you know, because like, this is the thing about England, man. It's like, see, England like to be arrogant, you know, and they like to think that, oh, no, no, we know the rights win everything. And I think that there's been so much criticism of this 
Swallow up your pride and admit that you're not smarter than the rest of Europe. Everyone in Europe knows that I'm the referee of the game. If a decision needs to be made and it's a big decision, I am taking my ass over to the monitor and I'm going to view the flipping thing because I'm the referee. There's a whole point of, oh, we have a lenient referee to, to today. Oh, damn it. We have a harsh re referee today. Referees make different decisions and view things different ways. Who could know that if Michael Oliver viewed that himself, he'd be like, nah, dangerous, you're off. He could very easily have viewed that footage and said, nah, send it off. Maybe if you if you even showed it to him after after the fact, he'd be like, bro, if I saw that, I'm sending him off. <laughs> they thought that they were going to be smarter than Europe, I guess, or FIFA or UEFA or what have you. They thought if we export all the decisions it's kind of like an nba nfl kind of system where if we export all of the decisions to one hub like one central place the decisions will be faster but what they've done is they've created confusion i would rather it take 20 more seconds and know exactly who's making the decision and exactly when it's going to happen rather than just sit there and wait and who is this guy you know what I mean? Some do it in some dugouts in some place. <laughs> but and, and I feel like I've said this on previous podcasts, that corporations always think time is the most important thing. The most important is user experience. And if oh. the experience isn't enjoyable, no matter how much time you save or don't save in this case, it doesn't matter because the product is being ruined for the user. What they need to do is just have the referee go to the monitor and that will give people in the stadium, people on TV... It'll take however much time it takes to look. We can look at it with him in a way, and he'll make his decision. And it also gives the referee power. I think Mourinho also said this. It's not VAR, video assistant refereeing. It's just VR. It's the video referee because that referee makes the final decision. How can you be an assistant and you make the final decision? That doesn't make sense. So it's not VAR. It's VR. That's a good point. You're not. You're, you're not. You're not the referee. You're. A, that's a great point. You're an. You're there to assist. An assistant doesn't make the final decision. You're there. That's the the keys in the world. You're there to You're assist, assist the right. final decision maker. One hundred percent. They're they're gonna change it. I know you tried something different. You tried to be cool. You tried to be different from everyone else. It's failed. Just do what the rest of Europe does, which <laughs> has worked smoothly. Please. But like, when does England ever do what the rest of Europe does? You, you ever just think like the rest of Europe has the euro? They still have pounds. Like why? Oh no 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 no. But. Just briefly, I don't want to go too much off topic. This is why it was so stupid for, of them leaving Europe. The pound is so strong, it would have been a very bad economic move if they switched it to the euro. Because, so that's why they were still in Europe, but still had the power of, of, of the pound. So them even leaving Europe, it didn't make, it didn't make any sense. You still have the pound and you still have a lot of autonomy. So why leave Europe? <laughs> Idiots, man. Racism. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you said um, is, there any, is there anything left on this game? Maybe top four in that way? So I know Arsenal won. Or, or is it top five? Top five. Arsenal won. They're kind of creeping back. Um, Aubameyang getting those Gs. Actually, who's, who's top scorer? Is Aubameyang top scorer? Aubameyang and Vardy. I think they're joint on 17, if I remember correctly. Man City beat Leicester. Yo, there, there's an idea that Ederson is the best penalty taker at Manchester City. And I, there's a notion throughout, I think, a lot of years that I've been watching football that goalkeepers are actually really good at taking penalties. I remember I was working for Bleacher Report, and they sent me to a preseason game. It was Chelsea against PSG in the International hey, Champions Hey, man, someone was living swanky, man. Damn! Big man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I got paid. I know who I, I, I'm rolling with, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to go into the booth. I met Mourinho. I met Mourinho. You know, I was in the same room with him. This was the preseason when things went to, to crap for him. But anyway, the game finished 1-1. Moses scored. Ibrahimovic scored. And the game went to penalties. And Courtois hit probably one of the best penalties I've ever seen to win the game. That. I think I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Crazy penalty. That? Like, it went to the roof of the net, like the, the, to right. the top corner. Obviously, Eden Hazard is really good at penalties. But it got me thinking, like, how come Courtois doesn't take penalties if he's this good at it? Right? So I remember just keeping an eye out for, like, yo, goalkeepers are good at penalties, et cetera, et cetera. And that seems to be a thing. I, do you remember in the Champions League final with Chelsea against Bayern Munich, Neuer took a penalty? Yeah. He, he made it. Check went the right way, I think, but he still made it. So... If Ederson's the best at taking penalties in the team, why not use your best penalty taker in your goalkeeper? 
But do, do you know for a fact that Edison is the best penalty t- taker? Pep has said, like, my best penalty taker is Edison, but I guess they don't want him to do it. There's a goalkeeper in Brazil. I'm sure he's retired now. Um, Seni, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to take free kicks and do and take penalties. Oh, yeah, what's it called? That dude from Par- Paraguay, um, Shilavet, was Shilavet. like a known free kick t- t- taker that was really good. But maybe a notion for that is that, you know, keepers are so ingrained in saving penalties they understand the psychology of that keeper and goal so they know that all right i know how to move because i was like look okay i was mainly a central midfielder very few times i played as a keeper and i saved three penalties in a penalty shootout very few times (laughs) (laughs) and this is what i learned being a, a keeper when you take penalties and i learned this from when brazil played holland in the 1998 world cup semis in that all the Brazilians they run straight at the ball because when he runs straight, it's very difficult to know where you're, where you're going to go. But for but most guys, they run in an angle. But when you're running at an angle, you can judge by the body movement where most likely they will go. But if you just run in a straight line, it's very then then you just then you just have to guess. Have hope, Captain. <laughs> I, bro, you you you're laughing during my peak when I actually. Couldn't move around. I was better than Kepa, hundred <laughs> percent. I was, I was better than. I was, I was H over Kepa. It was. I've always told you what you need to do. You need to find the letter that Servette gave you, and you need to post it on Instagram and be like, "Look, here's the proof. I was gonna be in the game on TV. I was that dude, man. That's what you need to do. Oh, like, no, look, no, no. I, I still, like, I, I still have it at the crib. I've, I've, I've got it at the like. I've still go got the letter at the crib. You need to go get it and post. Yeah, it so all you hit us, man. Yeah, yeah. H was that dude back. Then. Look, I was how old was I? I was like eleven. You got scouted. Yeah, man. Severus, what are your boy? Your your, your boy could have been doing something, man. Something about a day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, but yeah, something. He said, "Peak H H. You were a bench player." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shut up, Seven. Wait, wait, wait. What's your avatar, man? Oh, uh, all right. Yesterday we had. Manchester United three, Watford zero. Did he see my Manchester United goal? are looking good. That was really really good goal. Bruno Fernandez, man. What? Great what, what do you think really about good. it? I, I I didn't watch the game. I was asleep. I think I was walking. Um, so I saw highlights. Decent win. I think Bruno Fernandez has been a really good signing. You know, I didn't think this guy was going to be this good, man. It's going to be a very interesting race for the top four stroke top five because Wolves are winning. Um, Sheffield United are still up in there. Tottenham are still in the mix. So. It's going to be a very interesting end to the season, and you can never write out Chelsea somehow just going on a two-three game losing streak because they're still very in inconsistent. Because the, the Premier League is over, second and third have already been decided. So, Okay, and, and and I guess we could talk about Liverpool kind of like coming back from two one down. Um, when it, it was two one, West Ham scored. Yeah, they were, uh, look, look I, I was like, no, Liverpool are going to win this four two. They almost four two. Wow. I mean, they they were up four two, but then the goal was ruled for offside. So I almost called it, but there was no way Liverpool were going to lose that game. No way. I mean, they, you could just that's... tell. You you could just tell. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but you just know when they're in trouble. And you can tell that they weren't in trouble, really. Mm. And when you score the goal with, like, 30 minutes to go at Anfield, like, it's not going to happen. Is it four wins or five wins? They need four more wins to win the title. I think they play Crystal Palace before Man City. Oh, so, so it could be a situation where City have to give them a guard of honor. Yeah? I'm at, how many guard of honors would they have? You only do one guard of honor. So, see, if, let's say, they won it. Before... keep going. No, no. Wait, wait, wait. Like, like, like every team has to do it, right? No. Wait, wait, wait. Live chat. Tell us. I believe that if they won it before City, City gave them a guard of honor. There we go. There we go. One guard of honor. So the team you play after you've won the okay. title, give it the guard of honor, and then that's it. You know, it's just not every single one. No. Yeah. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. There's there's always a big deal made out of it because whenever you watch my Twitter, it's oh, geez, these guys have given them a guard of honor, and there's a massive big deal. Okay. And then the next games are just inconsequential, you know, because like, if you think about it, it's like that's just a mark of a team respect that they have now officially 
won the, the title. Christina, that would be like literally rubbing it in Pep's face. If he has to give Liverpool a flipping guard of honor. You know, that that just be that that'll just like be like a total like, yeah, we just completely just did you this season. Do you think them winning with seven games left is good or bad for their undefeated prospects? Doesn't make any difference. One hundred you have to see from now, this is where you get to play a psychology right now. They already knew they won the league like I think I think when City lost to United. They knew that, yeah, we've, we, we, we've won the league. So so for about a month or so, they've been like, let's go undefeated. Not only like that, they're like, let's go undefeated. Let's try and break this wins record. So that's been their thing for the last few months now. So once they do it, they're like, no, no, no. Let's really go in, 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 in history. You know, so 100%, their mindset is like, we're already in it. We've already done something crazy that no one has ever done before in this league. Let's keep going. The worst thing to do, like, look at what happened to Barcelona. They were one game, uh, two games away from being defeated. Homeboy, was it Levante that stopped them in the second to last game? I think it was, I think it was Levante, like 5-4 or like 4-3. Levante. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you want to go through the Liverpool schedule? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we got 11 games to go. Watford away. Should do it. Yeah. Bournemouth at Anfield. Win. Merseyside Derby. I think that might be a draw. At Goodison. You know what? Bro, now that would be a very interesting game because, you see, do you know how sweet it would be for Everton? Because, see, Everton have a horrible record at Anfield. Do you know how sweet it would be for Everton and their fans that we were the team that stopped them from being unbeaten? I think that's going to be a draw, but Everton will be very much up for that game. Liverpool... At home against Crystal Palace. Yeah, win. That's a win. Away at the Etihad. Okay, so the four games were Watford. There was um, Watford, Bournemouth, Everton, Palace. Now, if there's one draw in those, which could be the Everton game, let's say, then it's Man City. And if Liverpool win, they win the title. That's interesting. And that's interesting. So for me, I see, I believe. I would love that premise. Yeah, I I think that would be. You know what? I think that's what that's what's gonna happen. I think they'll win three. Mm-hmm. They'll draw against Everton, and we'll see what happens against City. I, I think that's how it's gonna be set, set up. I think that's. Then how we get Villa at home. That's a win. Brighton away. That's a win. Burnley at home. That's a win. And then the last three games of the season: Arsenal at the Emirates. Oh. Chelsea at Anfield, mm. and Newcastle uh, at St James's Park. Yeah. So the, it, it, it wouldn't get there. Arsenal and Chelsea. They'll probably need points in order to secure Europa League or Champions League. Mm. So they're going to have to go all out. Yeah. By that time, Liverpool will have already won the league without question. Yeah. So now, and I think, I don't know if there's any other relegation teams in here. Maybe Villa mm. is around. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa Watford for sure. is around it. So, like, there's, they're, they're going to be playing teams that need points and points badly. Mm. So I don't think they're going to get like some cupcake, just like, yo, here's the red carpet. Just. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you know, like, like, like that's they're going to have to work for that invincible. Even, even West Ham today. You could tell like they had a little bit extra because they know mm. what it is. Like They're in the relegation zone. So Look, I said, look, Wenger's relevancy is on the line. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. <laughs> no. I was monitoring the game live on, on Twitter and stuff. And Arsenal fans were more into the result than West Ham fans. <laughs> they were like, please, West Ham. Fabianski, you brick. Like, they were just going in on Fabianski because he had a howler, man. So uh, there's there's a thing in American football where, like, um, the Miami Dolphins were, like, the last team to go undefeated in the NFL. Okay. And this was, like, the 1970s. Oh, so, 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 so this is all the way through regular season and Yeah, right, regular season everything. and postseason. I think they wow. went 16 or 17 and 0. And they won, and they won the title. Um, so every year since, when every team has lost, they like get together and pop champagne, and they have a party because they were the only ones to do it from like I think 1972 or something like that. Like a lot mm. of the guys have died since because that's almost 50 years ago. Mm. But Arsenal fans kind of have that energy. Like when everybody loses, now we have a party. They're getting nervous. But again, how many rabbits can you pull out of a hat, really? They've done it. Th- they've, they once you've done it, it this far, it's for me, it's basically the only loss I see Arsenal or City. Because Chelsea? Arsenal, because that's at the Emirates. Those are the only losses that I see. And also Arsenal, bro. <laughs> for the for the sake of wow. the invincibles, yeah. Do you imagine how the Emirates would be if they oh, were 
It would be crazy. The Emirates would be crazy. Or if 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 they scored first as well, like the type of nervousness. Or like imagine, <laughs> imagine it's it's like it's like it's like a one-one, and like what's a ninety-third minute? Like Aubameyang scores like a crazy ninety-third minute goal. Literally the entire stadium. Basically, it would be like if they 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 won the flipping title. <laughs> they would. Uh, let's let's go around Europe. Messi scored four goals. Braithwaite got one or two assists, depending Iba. on. Iba, Which Iba. statistics you look at? Iba. How do you feel when Braithwaite came in? <laughs> Did some work? I think people have said that like Braithwaite is already more effective than Griezmann has been throughout his whole tenure at Barcelona. It's but look, bad. my thing about this is that like, shout out to Braithwaite. I think it is messed up that this rule exists. It's a stupid rule to have, but as well as exposed. But yeah, look, man, I mean, this is my thing. If you know you can't do a particular trick, don't try and do it at an unveiling. <laughs> like, you know, I couldn't even finish the, the video. When I when I got sent it, I was like, oh, this is not nah. But it's, it's like, why if, you know you can't do it. But what if you know that you listen, you know that you've tried it in your garden and in training and you've probably filled it a few times. Why would you attempt it at a an official unveiling, knowing that social media exists? That's that's the problem. The problem is like it's gonna be recorded for posterity. Yeah. So don't do it. And just do the keepy uppies and the around the worlds and whatever you got. But or just kick the balls in the stadium for the fans. But like, because yeah. we all know you shouldn't be here anyway. So the only thing you can do is embarrass <laughs> yourself, right? <laughs> but he he played okay. He played yeah, two, right. yeah, two, two assists. Messi four goals though. I know you can say it's just Ibar, but that's impressive. Oh no 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 no! Look, but I mean like how Messi carries this team like. What he's doing season after season, it's it's insane. It's insane. Like how you're maintaining such a, a high level, goal scoring, playmaking, dribbling. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like it's it's actually quite scary. Like, bro, like what the heck? You're supposed to be declining. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, and also don't say the whole thing of oh, could you do it in the Premier League? Man, shut up. The same could be said for Ronaldo in a way. Like, I think he scored in 11 straight Serie A games. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, I mean, but, you see, for Cristiano, that's like a goal scoring thing. Of like, based on just the guy's goal scoring consistency is insane. But for Messi, it's goals, it's playmaking, it's, it's overall, assists, it's yeah. overall. I'm like, what the? Like, he is the T. Like, everything goes through him. He's the playmaker, he's the quarterback, he's the, he's the um, points guard. He makes the drinks. He's yeah. the kit man. <laughs> he cuts the, the grass. Toilets, cleans the <laughs> nappies. I had something in my brain. Hazard got injured again. So he's going to miss the City game in midweek. And he's going to miss the Classical on Sunday. Not the best season. Do this thought experiment. If Chelsea had loaned Eden Hazard to Real Madrid and there was like a $80 million option to buy, there's no way that they take the option this season. It's been so bad, and he's been so unlucky this season. Um, someone linked me to a tweet by 4-3-3, and they say he's out for the rest of the season that he couldn't miss the Euros. <laughs> it's his own fault, now that I think about it. It's his own fault, man. You can't be out here in January, July, February, just eating cheeseburgers and just doing whatever you want to do. Like His professionalism is questionable, yo, which kind of hurts. Even Madrid fans that wanted him have kind of turned... And they're just like, nah, he's not it. It's just, no, it's look, not it's, good, man. It's bad. It's bad. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's. What does it do to your so narrative, bad. Daniel? It is. This is. It's so bad. Like, <laughs> it's just really. It's. It is bad. It is. Like, I mean, I don't. I. I literally. I'm like. I'm like speechless. I don't even know what to say. But my thing about it is that okay. We, I mean, we can laugh and we can joke and put me out of it. Let's just take HH out of it. For forget me. Screw me. This was such a huge move for him. Amazing season for Chelsea. Probably his best ever season ever. Had a great World Cup. You're playing under your idol, a guy that you idolize and so forth. This is Real Madrid. And this was supposed to be a big breakout season. And it's just been a total shakedown and injury. Now, maybe he can look at Robin. Remember when Robin used to get all of those injuries? And people thought, yeah, man, this guy's career is over. Got over the injuries. Boom. Treble. What's up, baby? Um... And a Premier League title with Chelsea. Was so, Robin 30 getting all these injuries though? Because Hazard next year is 30. <laughs> this, this is why I said when you talk about yo, when Messi and Cristiano leave, 
<laughs> There's going to be a new era with Mbappe, the Us, and Hazard. I'm like, Hazard's 30. Like, Neymar, no, no, I think, no, is 28. He's, psychologically, so. he's young. Psychologically, he's young. No. I don't even know. It's, it's just, it's sad. It's like not a good year for him. Wait, wait. Actually, can we kick out people from this live chat? Like, I'd like to kick out LG from this, FG from this live, live chat if if possible. That, that, that's just my, my thoughts. Cicada. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean he stays? Isn't that what PK said? Like, oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, 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 who, was that in relation to Neymar? Neymar, Neymar, yeah, Neymar. <laughs> Such a L. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he said he stays and he went to PSG <laughs> for a world record fee. <laughs> Someone must have done a, a, a picture of like him saying he stays, and like the next picture is, is just Neymar and holding the PSG jersey. It's such an L. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh. um, I'm sad because like he was supposed to play two games to get his fitness, and then you get your big. Ch- he hasn't played a big game in the Champions League since. Barcelona in 2018, and Willian was the one that showed up on in those games. I think Hazard might have gotten assist in one of those games, but that was Willian's breakout against Barcelona, where he probably should have scored like three goals. And if he scores, they advance. The PSG games, I th- I feel like he scored in a three-one, like a penalty in 2016 or 15 or whenever it was, and against Atletico in the semis with Mourinho. This was supposed to be his like his breakout. And it's not going to happen. Has he played against Barcelona at all this season? He he didn't he, he didn't play any of the of the classicals, man. Yeah. Um, not looking good, man. Where to next? Pick a country, man. You want to go to Italy? I think Lazio won. Inter didn't play because virus. of coronavirus. Crazy. Juventus beat Spal, if mm. memory serves correctly. And I think like Cristiano is on like a crazy scoring streak, man. Eleven goals, eleven games with a goal. Um, which is a Serie A record, 11 straight games with a goal. It doesn't really seem like a lot. But when you think about it, that's a lot of games in a row. Penalties, albeit, I'm sure are some of them. Mm. But it's like 11 games in a row for a 34-year-old somewhere in there. No, no, no. no. I said again, you have to put him in the category as one of the great goal scorers the game has has seen in terms of just scoring (laughs) and finding a way to score. You know, you have to put him in that in that category. Look, man, he G'd up in England, G'd up in Spain, and now G'ing up in in Italy, man, on at, at a very high high level. And we're really like, okay, high volume of, of G, and that in itself is a skill. That's that's in itself is a skill, man. There's a big game today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. Chelsea play Bayern Munich. Lewandowski scored two goals, uh, I think, on Friday. You know what's interesting? And I think Mourinho complains about this as well. The German FA or whomever, like the Bundesliga, they gave Bayern the game on Friday because they know they're going to play on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. So why not give them uh, an extra day of break? Do you think Do you think that helps in some ways? Like if federations or leagues that kind of help their clubs in Europe. You remember last year? Oh, yeah, year, of course it helps. Well, like England doesn't, according to Mourinho anyway, England doesn't really help their their teams that much, but they mm. got to the they had four teams in two major finals last year. Mm. But these other leagues kind of go out of their way. So like you'll see Ajax playing on a Thursday or a Friday or whenever. That way they get the whole week really to or they, they sometimes they don't even play. They'll just be like, look, do what you have to do for the Champions League. Why shouldn't you? Why wouldn't you help out your club and your and and your team? Because you want like your country and everything to do well. And is it that much out of it to be like, okay, this a club is playing on a Tuesday and Wednesday, just figure out, reschedule, make them play on a Friday because it helps. Having just that extra day helps a lot, man. Because that Champions League is a very strenuous um, um, game to to play. So your confidence level going into into tomorrow's game is on like a scale of one to ten. Five in the right in the middle. 
So it tips the skill. So so it could either be a ten or it could be a one. So a five is right in the middle. So it's like you know. So it could be either or. I'm feeling like if one is like the least confident and ten is the most confident, I'm feeling like a two. <laughs> maybe, maybe a three. <laughs> maybe a three, but two. Because I feel like what we saw against Spurs is going to be the repeat of what we see against Bayern Munich. And if Alonso is, is playing in that game and we have center backs with broken noses, Aspilicueta and Rudiger against what seems to be the hottest striker in the past few years, I don't trust it. Not to mention, when you want someone to bail you out between the sticks and you see Willy Caballero, 38-year-old Willy Caballero, I can't He's trust it. He's going to be 39 later this year. Because there's there's been so much made of this game. There's been so much talk of this game and so forth. I'm actually now just really intrigued to see what happens to you. Like, it, it could end up probably being 0-0. Zero, zero. If they have one shot on target, it's going in. So, <laughs> Okay, so you think that they're going to come out and just go for full-on attack and just try to basically... So, so you think they, they will look to try and embarrass Chelsea at the bridge? I think at halftime it's going to be 2-0, Bayern. <laughs> Full time, probably like three one, and the three one is going to give people hope. Like, oh, this could when we go back, you know, we could do what we did in the Champions League final. Ooh, and then it's just going to be like another four one or something like that <laughs> in, in the away leg. So that's why I'm at like a two, which is two more than I thought I would have last week. So they've impressed enough against Spurs. I just want to just see this match go go down. As I said again, like if let's say it is like three zero after like ten minutes, like I'll just switch to to the Napoli Barcelona game. I I I don't think I can witness a live circumcision, man, like that. Especially with what everyone has been saying, because and also I love like a media blackout and and so forth. So H H tears incoming. H <laughs> H better delete the channel and Twitter before the game starts. Oh, okay, okay, so so would you ever pretty... deactivate if if it was like a five one? Would you deactivate? Oh no, no, like like if it was if it was really bad, like I wouldn't post for like a week or something. Like if ban, like it's like I'm talking like five one six one, like yeah, then I mean you won't hear from me for like a few days. Um, so yeah, Haaland has nine goals in six games in in the Bundesliga. I don't, I'm not sure how many he has in the Champions League. I'm sure it's double digits. Well, let's have so, a look, shall we? He might have like ten. Who scored? <laughs> Let's have a look, shall we? Uh, obviously, obviously we're, we're, we're counting his Salzburg as well, aren't we? Yes, yes, yes. Ten, yeah, ten. So two goals for Dortmund, eight goals for Salzburg. Yo, we need to talk about this. You said that you needed him to do it in in the knockout stages. He did it. Uh, I know, I know. He, in no, the knockout I gave him his flowers. He's 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 tier two. He's tier two. I'll give it in tier two. He was on under review before. He's he's not tier two level okay. three. So my thing about it is this. Before he scored those two goals, he was actually I, I think he was a candidate for being brick of the of the game. Poor ball control, rubbish overall play technique was all over the the, the, the the place, rushing his decision making and so forth. I was like, what the hell is this? He scores the goal and scores an outstanding world-class goal. And at the end of the day, goals winning games, he is a goal scorer. Hold my hands up. If he walks on the other parts of his game, I think we could see a really great striker. And maybe I'll throw this question to you. Could Haaland be the start of a return to strikers away from why this has been a very heavy midfield inside forward era and strikers been false and facilitators? No, because I feel like it's easier to find smaller technical players than it is to find like a six foot three guy who's like very strong, has pace, great finishing. I think like the really, really great strikers like the Lewandowski's or those kinds of players, they're far harder to find than finding some would-be midfielder like a, I don't know, like a Firmino. I feel like it's easier to find a Firmino than it is to find a Lewandowski. I don't think there's any team that wouldn't take a Haaland or a Lewandowski or somebody like that. I feel like every team naturally would want that. Maybe you could argue Barcelona. You, but like you, you, that's what I was about to say. Like a, yeah, you want a Lewandowski in your team. Like That has never not been a thing. You want the 6-1 guy you can kick it to, but who's also good on the floor, who's a killer in the 18-yard box, who can score from outside the 18-yard box. Like, that's always going to be a thing. It's just that those guys aren't made easily. 
So it's, I don't think he's a return to anything necessarily because I think right. that's always what you want. Yeah, but, but, but there's, I don't think there's been a hunger or a desire for many strikers these days, though. That's the thing, you know. I think, I think there is. Is there? I, I, no, I think we've, we've been living in a, a much more... Hey, now let's, let's talk tactics now. <laughs> I think we've been living much more in a more midfield-heavy era as opposed to in a thing... Remember... Two, remember the days of two strikers, four three threes, four four two strike partnerships. How many strike partnerships do you see apart from Latoro Martinez and Lukaku? How many strike partnerships are there? It's all about the false nines, the Ferminos, and and so forth. Is that like some tactical thing that manager managers are doing on purpose, or is it a solution to not having as many elite strikers as there were? Things, thing, I think for football evolves. Like which came first, the chicken or the egg? It, is this false nine? Goals coming from wide areas a result of... Actually, wait, wait, wait a minute. Of course the egg came first. What do you mean by the, the chicken or the egg? Because the egg is where you get hatched from. Who laid it? No, it's, it doesn't matter who <laughs> laid it. The egg just comes. You can't have the chicken before the egg because you need the egg to hatch from the whole thing. But who lays the egg? God. <laughs> but I think everything came out of the water. Anyway. Not the song. Did the kind of false nine goals from wide players, inverted wing, did that come as a result of tactical brilliance? Or did it come from, look, I don't have a, a the kind of striker I want, so I need to find other ways to get goals tactics. Un tactics. until I can find the number nine that suits me. Tactics. And then people just kind of stumbled on, maybe I don't need the traditional number nine. We can do it like this. No, no, and no, then no. it becomes an, an invoke kind of thing. No, I 100%. I believe it's tactics because everybody, everybody wants to be striker. From when you're very, very young, everybody wants to be the striker. So that is a, that's a position in a role that everybody is rushing to play for and everything. So there was, there was never a thing of like, oh, they're not enough strikers. I just think that football evolves, just like how people said, wait a minute, why do we as the right back and left back just have to stay back? Let's go a bit forward, a bit forward. Hey, okay, wow. We can actually really expand the attacking ways that, that in which we play. Hence, we had the, the birth of like a Carlos Alberto who scored perhaps one of the famous goals in football history. So I just think football evolves, tactics evolve, human beings and the way they view things evolve. And I just think it, and the part of the evolution was let's attack from, from the flanks, from wide, rather than just being, being focusing on the center. So it was a natural evolutionist. Let's do some questions. We can leave France. PSG won. Nemo Gosentov, Petrovic child. Do you think that was intentional? As in, it's carnival. It's it's carnival in Rio right now. So maybe he wanted to go to Brazil. I think I think carnival ends on the twenty sixth. And so his birthday is next this is Brazilian ago. chick I follow model on Instagram. I say, hey, why is she wearing all this kind of like colorful stuff? in Rio. So maybe Neymar's like, yo, let me just kick out, get my red card, fly to Brazil. Nobody's going to care. Dan Daniel, if I see this dude <laughs> in any kind of carnival get-up or anything like that... Can you blame I'm, him? Can you blame him? I'm Have you seen the pictures? Off. Have you seen the pictures from, from Rio? Brazil's a nice place. For... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That'd Brazil's be sick. That'd nice be place. sick. That'd be sick. Yeah, if, if you do that, then that's, that's really pathetic, man. Um, should Stefan de Vries start ahead of De Litt in the Euros from Silver Spring? <sighs> Tough because should we cast judgments on De Litt in a system very foreign to him? I think all that matters is what Kuman thinks and who he trusts the most in his system and in his team. You know, so obviously, if we go down go for performance, De Vries has had a much better season than the De Litt has had. But this is Kuman's team, and maybe De Litt in the environment and in the setup next to Ivan Dyke may actually look more like his Ajax self than a DeVry with. And it's it just it's based on what feels what feels right. Lampard, maybe you can learn learn from, from this. You must always stick with the defensive partnership and grow that. That's why Nesta and Cannavaro, they were they were, they were so formidable, they were so they were so strong. That's why Terry and Fernand, even if they hated each other off the pitch, one of the most formidable defensive partnerships of all time. Try getting past them in FIFA. So yeah, I think that look, it's all down to Kuman and, and 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 what he feels is right for his team. Would Chelsea have been the favourites against Bayern if they had Hazard? 
No. I think it would have been more even, but I still think that Bayern would have had the edge, but it would have definitely been a much, much more evenish tie. Are we the if, best side the UK has ever seen from LFC Jack? In terms of quality of our football, no. In terms of achievements at we'll the see. moment, it very much might be. But in terms of the, like the quality of football, Invincibles played better for football. The City 2018 team played better for football. Uh, the hopeful Chelsea fan, will there be a shock tomorrow in the Champions League? Wait and see. I, I refuse to answer that question. So do, do you think Napoli can beat Barcelona? Oh, no, oh of, of course they can. Wait. Win the title or win in Naples? I guess just tomorrow. He's just saying tomorrow. So, oh, like, no, no. so can Chelsea win? Will Napoli win? Or can they? Oh no! Wait, wait, see. Napoli beating Barcelona in Naples is not a shock. That's not 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 a shock at all. And Barcelona are not really looking for the win in Naples. They're just looking to get an away goal. Chelsea beating Bayern, based on everything that has been said, would 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 be a shock. But then again, would it? I mean, yeah, it would, but at the same time, you are the home team. Like, if Chelsea were to beat Bayern like 3-0, that would be a shock. If Chelsea beats Bayern like 2-1, eh, you're supposed to win your home tie, really. So, yeah. If Haaland is just a goal scorer, according to Have Hope, then what is Mbappe? Mbappe isn't good at dribbling, passing, skills, and talent. He's only a finisher and has pace. So, like, in, in relation to Haaland, if the, if the argument you use for Haaland is he's just a goal scorer, then what is Mbappe? Mbappe is, is more than a goal scorer. He has more to his game than goal scoring. Such and, as? Um, his technique is better. His ball control is better. His first touch is better. His movement is better. His movement with the ball is, is better. His overall game is much cleaner than Haaland is. Now, he, he didn't have a very good game in um, against Dortmund, but he did provide the assist to Neymar, which was a good pass. So, I think Mbappe has more to his game than Haaland. Haaland is just finishing, and, and that's it. Like, there's nothing more to his game than just finishing. So, it, did Zidane have ultra instinct, like Goku dude, played so silky and, and, and smooth? I don't think it was I don't think it was even a case of really, like, super ultra instinct, which is basically, like, a, the, the super high, high level of of um, Goku, like his his power levels is just going to a astro- astronomical level. Zidane just he played with grace and beauty, <laughs> and his thing was just his technique and knowledge of the game and mentality of the game was just on a whole other level. Hence, why I love Iniesta. Iniesta is great. Iniesta is not in the same stratosphere as Zizou. By the way, coup de tête. The story of Zinedine Zidane and oh, the World it? Cup, in which Have Hope features. Carl narrates, I'm the voice of Zidane, for like three quotes. Uh, you know, it was a good project. I encourage everybody to go look that up. No, no, no. It was really, I mean, like, I look orchestrated to perfection by your boy, Danny T, man. I mean, you really, I mean, it was, it was, it was quite an undertaking, man. I'm, much, I'm, I'm, I'm proud when of it. When was the last time you listened to it? I think like a few months ago, I think. <laughs> I tried listening to it back. I couldn't. Why not? <laughs> I hear the mistakes. <laughs> like everybody was like, "No, it's good, it's good." It's wait, good. wait, wait, wait! When I listen back to, to it, do... I hear like the editing mistakes and things like that. So... Wait, aren't we supposed to do a, a, a Ronaldo one? I've been so lazy on that. We need Bro, to do that, man. We'll talk afterwards. We'll talk. Wait, afterwards. Actually, also, actually, should, should we mention the the thing that we want to try and do? The thing. Go ahead. The... Go for it. Yeah, like basically, we're thinking just to add more content to this whole. YouTube channel thing is basically we want to take classic matches and we'll basically do like a running commentary of classic games. I really want to do the Brazil Germany 0-2 final because there's a narrative that Brazil were this amazing team that Germany outplayed them in that game. So we'll add to my narrative that Ronaldo was a flipping hero for that flipping team. So yeah, we look at classic games and just give a running commentary of um, classic matches. Do you know what's funny about that? 7-1? I haven't seen the you know i didn't i didn't watch the full game you know like there were parts where i just left the the room because i was too <laughs> embarrassed so i've not actually sat down i've not seen that game in its entirety from local hoodie Haaland scored v psg napoli and liverpool in the champions league this season how is he a flat track bully he plays like a flat track bully all because he scores against those teams doesn't mean that he doesn't play like a flat track bully but the definition of a flat track bully is somebody who beats up on smaller teams no, no, I know for me. If you score against PSG, Napoli, and Liverpool, then you're not necessarily beating up on small teams. That would make you 
actually a skillful goal scorer in some ways. Like I, I guess we get the kid's 19, right? So like we can see like, yo, know, he needs to clean up his touches, his overall play, things of things of that nature. But just as a striker, the basic instinct of being in the right place at the right time and having the ability to finish, as well as his physical attributes as being tall, he looks physical, his technique in terms of his shooting ability, maybe not like how he receives the ball and dishes it back, but just how he shoots, it's great. So the sound that the net made for his second goal, (laughs) that's like an incredible sound. How the hell do you remember the sound that the nets made? It, It was a video on like, Twitter were like, yo, listen to the net and the pace that the ball goes. No, 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 like, that was a sweet connection because he hit it at exactly the right time, just as the ball popped off, hit it at the exact right, right. time. So I don't, I don't think he's a flat track bully. I just think he needs to play more games against just anybody because as a 19-year-old... No, no, he, no he's this, exciting. He's exciting. This isn't I the mean, best version of, of Haaland yet. We can take a few more. Um, are the players from Victory... Help me out with this last name, bro. Afemike. From Victory Afemike, are the players of this era better or worse than previous eras? Eras, I think he means. Eras, yeah. Um, are the players hard to say? But what I what I always say though is that <laughs> I believe that Maradona could last in this era based on how just how good he was tech technically and Pele based on all of his attributes. I'm not sure whether a Messi or a Neymar would last in their era because. You had to commit homicide to get a yellow card back in those days. And so my point. That's my point. Yeah, so it was, it, was, it was just way too physical. So, yeah. What what happens, or this is what tends to happen, and this even happens with music, right? Where people will think, man, music was way better in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, right? But what we do is we only listen to the good music from the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. There were some trash-ass artists back then that were on the radio, that were releasing music, but we just don't go back and listen to them. When we think about football from the 70s and we think about, you know, the Brazil team or football from the 80s, et cetera, et cetera, like we think about, you know, Platini and all those kinds of guys. The, the reality of the matter is there were trash players back then too. And if we were alive to watch the ins and outs week to week of football in 1982, we would see bricks the same way we see bricks now. Maxi Gomez's, all, all those dudes, Maxi, <laughs> Maxi Janssen's. Yeah, no, so no, 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 I, I think it's all a matter of perspective. I don't know if one era is necessarily better than the other, except the ones where, like, you know, when you go back to, like, the 1910s and there was no offside rule or something like that. I don't know how you judge those guys. But everything is built on top of the generation before. So we don't get Messi if we don't see Maradona. We don't get Ronaldo if we don't see the Batistutas or the whomevers that were just kind of pure goal scorers from the 90s. Like, th- that doesn't happen. You need the previous generation in order for the next one to see what it can do. Who's the greatest Champions League player of all time, I guess, in your opinion? No, no, no. See, Ronaldo. No, no, Daniel, Daniel, you, you see, why did you pick... <laughs> come on, bro. You you know... I, I, come on, why did you pick it? Quote. It's the truth. The, it, his favorite player is the greatest player in the Champions League ever. I don't make the rules, but that's... That's the truth. You know, there's your bone, FG. Yes, 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 to win a seal with Juventus to, to, to confirm it. Will Neymar Maybe and Mbappe leave in PSG this summer? I've seen a lot of PSG fans that are kind of sick of them. Specifically, our friend Tosin. Oh. I, yeah, he's like, I, I just kind of want them gone. Like, we'll be better <laughs> without them because I guess they're just kind of annoying him. So, of these two, who do you think has the bigger chance of leaving? I think it's Neymar. Oh, no, for sure. I, I mean, Mbappe definitely is leaving because like, he, 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 he didn't sign a contract extension. So he's definitely leaving. But I think if it's between both of them, I both want to leave in the summer, but I think Neymar is more likely to leave. I, I think Neymar to Barcelona is still very much on. It's just that they, they just have to try and work out a deal and Barcelona just need, need the money. But Neymar wants to go to Barcelona. Ben says classic matches is an awesome idea. So shout out to him. I just actually, what, take... what, 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 what would be the first one to, to do, the best one to do? 7-1 just scares me. You know, I, I don't think I, don't, I, don't, I think we've got to ease and build up to, to that. Nigeria, South Korea, two thousand. <laughs> you want me to break my iMac? You really want me to break my iMac? Like, I will never view that footage ever again for the rest of my life. Never. Um, and then another question from King Darian ninety five: What formation would you like to see come back? Is there is there any formation that you want to see like tried or? Maybe revived or something like that, like the whole W. You know what Zero I want to see? I want to see WM. Why not try it? Have you seen the formations from the fifties? Just quickly, where it's mm. like two defenders, 
one midfielder, like seven attackers, <laughs> and one main striker. Why not bring that back? Whether you have like inside forward, forward, central midfielder, striker, you no need fullback. Players to play it, man. <laughs> no fullbacks, <laughs> no DMs. Yeah, but, but you, you need the right players to, to, to They were wilding back in the day, man. I, I I'd want more teams to play 4-3-3. But I like more teams to play 4-3-3 in this in the same way that the Barca 09 team played it. Because it's not how teams play, but they play with, with, with the real inside forwards. But I like it where the three guys are much more narrower. You see, that's my tactic in football manager. It's always 4-3-3. Always. <laughs> Standard. 4-3-3. So, yeah. Shout out to everybody in the comment section for helping us make the podcast. Hopefully, we got to enough of your comments. Don't feel bad. This has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We do this every Tuesday on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Instagram, Talking Tactics. SoundCloud.com slash Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. Have hope. Where can people find you? Halfhopefootballhot.com. Conceal my socials and my contacts there, baby. Um, I'm at Daniel to look on Twitter. All the links should be in the description, hopefully. We will see you guys next week. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.